questionable marketing tactics of the drug companies goes Hollywood. Stay tuned to hear how one sales rep turned filmmaker took her stories to the big screen to get the word out. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Kathleen Slattery Moscow, writer, director, award-winning filmmaker, and former drug sales rep. Kathleen has made three films about pharmaceutical influence and its effects. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Kathleen, I want to start out with a uh, quote I read in a book. Uh, The book is called Selling Sickness. I don't know if you had a chance to read it or not. But the quote is, 30 years ago, Henry Gadsden, the head of Merck, one of the world's largest drug companies, told Fortune magazine that he wanted Merck to be more like chewing gum maker Wrigley's. It had long been his dream, he said, to make drugs for healthy people so that Merck could sell them to everyone so everybody could become a patient. And it seems like uh, that dream has come to fruition. What do you think? I think the pharmaceutical industry is very good at what they do in terms of promoting uh, diseases and promoting drugs for everything under the sun. And we as consumers and and to some extent physicians are having a knee-jerk reaction to all this this, uh, very effective advertising that's going on, and we are popping pills in record numbers. Do you think their tactics, though, are any different from any other industry that is responsible to its shareholders? I mean, they their mission is to sell drugs. Yeah, and that's just it. No, I don't think it's different. They are treating this as business as usual, and their first and foremost goal is to drive profits. And again, we as consumers and physicians absolutely need to remember that. But good business does not necessarily mean good medicine. And I think that's a critical difference. We're talking about pills that we ingest into our bodies that literally can mean the difference between life and death, as we have found out with a lot of, you know, some of the recent drugs and Vioxx, the Vioxx headlines and everything else. So I feel that the pharmaceutical industry should be holding itself and we should be holding them to a higher level of accountability and a higher level of ethics. And it should not just be business as usual. And as coming from someone uh, from the inside for 10 years, I can tell you it is all about sales. Patients and patient safety take a big back seat to profits and driving market share. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you sold for those 10 years? Uh, You don't have to mention who you worked for unless you want to. Well, over the course, it's become public knowledge, but uh, the one thing I want to preface my answer uh, with is that this isn't about any one particular company or any one particular drug, because what I found over the course of 10 years, I worked for three different companies. I started with a small private company called Miro. I was recruited away from them by Bristol-Myers Squibb and then recruited away from them by Johnson & Johnson. And it didn't matter where I went. This looked the same, sounded the same, tasted the same, mm-hmm. felt the same. And as I talked to my colleagues who were working for a lot of the other major companies, it, 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 it was exactly the same. We had one role as drug reps, one role and one role only, and that was to drive the number of prescriptions of our particular drug. It was how we were compensated, and it was how we were able to keep our jobs. It had very little to do with who was the best at objectively educating doctors. In fact, most of us couldn't objectively educate doctors because, like, I was a political science major, and most of the reps around me were you know, music majors, drama majors, maybe some business majors, and every now and then, you'd come across a pharmacist or a nurse, but most of us had no business 
doing this job and trying to educate doctors about the ins and outs of these drugs. When I started in practice about 15 years ago, the drug reps actually were kind of detail men. They actually were pharmacists and or had degrees in biology or biochemistry and were able to actually educate me. And now they are, um, they've are they graduated college with a cheerleading uh, scholarship and they hire the most attractive reps to get in, you know, obviously to get access to the doctor. And over lunch, uh, I try to learn something, but there's nothing to learn. They they don't know their material. Yeah, and keep in mind that whatever they're telling you is exactly what the company wants you to hear. They have no ability to question or push back on the information. So really, all you're hearing is a mouthpiece for the advantages, typically, of the drug from reps who have um, been trained by, uh, you know, rehearsing this pitch and then practicing their top 10 objection handling, you know, right, uh, right. measures. I mean, we were very well-versed in how to handle, like, the top 10 objections that any physician could throw at us mm-hmm. in terms of it was a, a rehearsed pitch. It wasn't us knowing what we were talking about. And I cannot tell you, and this is still so embarrassing for me to say, but the number of times I would glaze over when a doctor would ask me something outside my specific pill or my specific disease state because I didn't know what I was talking about. And, uh, you know, it's insulting to physicians. Yeah. I I also don't like when the rep um, starts to say that her drug is awesome. And that she gave it to her. She gave it to her grandmother, and her grandmother's ear infection improved. As if that's going to uh, make me feel uh, that that this drug is something I want to write. You know what they're doing these days. And I, in my office, I've set up a list of rules for them to follow. That they cannot ask me what I'm writing. They cannot ask me if I'm going to write their drug. They are there to purely educate me, and then I will decide as the physician if I want to write their drug. Well, I can tell you they don't even need to ask you what you're writing because they no, have they that know. information. Absolutely, right. right. The pharmacies sell them that information. All right, so you, you got sick and tired of it. You had a revelation that you didn't want to do this anymore, and you decided to get your message out to the world. And you made three films, Correct. Correct. When I, you know, day in and day out in my life as a rep, different things would happen each day that some were funny, some were shocking, and in the end, all of them really scary when you sat down and thought about the fact that in the end, people can really get hurt by this. And I had been documenting some of the notes throughout the years, and when I finally got the ovaries to pack up and just walk away because I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror anymore, I'm looking at that stack of notes, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, People need to know what's going on behind the scenes. Consumers need to know. The doctors I was calling on needed to know what this really looked like and and so that we could all make better decisions. So I sat down and I wrote a screenplay for a film, the film called Side Effects, and I started with fiction. I wrote a fiction film. It ended up starring Katherine Heigl. From, she's from Grey's Anatomy and just started Knocked Up. But I, I wrote a fiction film at first because I really wanted to reach a broad audience. I knew if I came out of the gates with a documentary, I would only maybe be able to reach a certain audience. But I thought if I could entertain people and educate them at the same time, show them on the screen what this looks like, I could reach a broader audience. And um, I was stunned by the response to the film because, you know, there's a lot of comedy in it. But again, you get a really good sense 
of what the direct-to-physician, the rep-to-physician world looks like. And it's closely based on my decade selling pills for Big Pharma. And then the response was so strong to that film from the media and from the general public and from the medical schools because we were in the medical community because we were screening it for medical schools and different practitioners throughout the country. But everybody wanted more. They were asking much broader questions than side effects dealt with. They wanted to know, okay, what about the research? What about the lobbying? What about the relationship with the FDA? What about the relationship with the major medical journals? And that's when I decided to go to the experts. And we sent a camera crew all over the country to interview opinion leaders from Harvard and UCLA and Columbia to get to the bottom of of some of these issues. And that's where the documentary, Money Talks, before patient safety came out. And the beauty of that, especially for physicians, these are their peers. These are opinion leaders, MDs throughout the country that are, you know, discussing these issues and basically just holding up a mirror as to what this really looks like. And I, I've been stunned at the response of both films, again, as we played it before the medical community, because once you actually see it play out on the screen, it hits home in a way it never has before. It's really been exciting seeing uh, change happen and dialogue happen and people wanting to practice differently when they understand what this really looks like. Kathleen, uh, with side effects, I know you've you filmed it in a very short time. I'm wondering uh, what, what kind of budget you had for that film and uh, did you did you make some money on it? No, you know, indie film is not a money maker. <laughs> I mean, you don't go into indie film thinking you're going to make money, but we certainly have been able to get our message out with it. Um, what happened, the you know, in the world of film, it is a very low-budget film. They say the average studio film right now costs production-wise $65 million to make, and most of the indie films that you see in the theaters are $2 million to maybe $20 million dollars. Side effects was a hundred and ninety thousand wow, dollars, wow. and obviously it starts <laughs> Catherine Heigl, and she mm-hmm. took up most of that budget. So, what happened is I had an agent in LA who was shopping the script around to the studios, and he kept pushing back, saying, "You know, I'd like you to work with a rewriter, a, a professional rewriter, so we can jazz this thing up for the studios." And with every pass, the script kept getting more and more generic, and they were taking out all those scenes that I thought were critical for people to see to really understand what this looked like, and. I said, the heck with this. I'm going to make my own darn movie. And uh, I raised the money in 30 days, and we shot the film over 16 days in Madison, Wisconsin. And Catherine was gracious enough to fly out from California. And, uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind ever since. You know, again, I was so glad to see the film make the impact that it did and then the, you know, subsequent documentary. Well, the Money Talks um, video. You can see a lot of the movie on YouTube, so that's one place doctors can go and check it out if they, you know, don't want to get the whole movie. But let's say someone wants to get side effects and money talks together. Where should they go to get these movies? Well, we have a website, sideeffectsthemovie.com, where the films are available there. And I know a lot of the medical community uses it for public screening purposes and educational purposes and that sort of thing. And it ends up just being a wonderful tool to generate a dialogue, both films, on, on these issues. So they can go to the website. Side Effects is also available through Amazon. Many of the border stores carry it. Kathleen, do you think if someone was considering going into the field of being a 
sales rep and they watched your movie Side Effects, they may have a change of heart and decide not to uh, sell their soul? I cannot tell you how many emails we have been flooded with throughout the country from existing reps, existing managers, former reps, former managers saying, amen, sister, it's about time you know someone showed this for what it is. And we've had people, emails coming in from people who after they saw the film, they left. They didn't, you know, they had been feeling this for a while, but to see it on the screen, they didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. And so many people coming forward saying, I've got a niece or I've got a nephew who's considering pharmaceutical sales and I've been trying to talk them out of it. I I have to get your film to so that they can see what this looks like. So I think it's had an impact in terms of that as well, because it's that question of, you know, not only what we sell our souls for on the corporate level in terms of putting profits before patients, but also on the individual level in terms of, you know, the golden handcuffs and, and selling out to the golden handcuffs versus making a choice that might be a more ethical career path. Kathleen Slattery Moscow, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.